this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe. I'm trying to get so much better about saying my name when I first start, and I have improved greatly. Uh, And I am joined today by my wonderful producer, Erin A. So this is an Erin episode. This is double Erin's. (laughs) Yes. The best, the best. It's been a while, I think. It has. It's been a long time since it's been just Aaron and I. And uh, the last episode Aaron was on was our big short episode back in January as part of our Christian effing bail month. Um, So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. It was a really great episode and one of the best Christian bail, quote unquote, Christian bail appearances we've ever had when he explained the economy to us. (laughs) Solid financial advice. Yes, the mom bucks. Um, <laughs> I made a feel like it money. might be more successful than what we currently have. <laughs> I'm yeah. only trading Carla bucks now. <laughs> I agree, uh, but this should be a ton of fun. This is our Oscars week, so you will notice that even though we're talking about pop culture and fandom news, our main topic will be about the ops Oscars. Our main part of this, I mean will be about the Oscars, and then some of the stuff I'll be bringing up will probably be Oscar-related. So it is that time of year, which I know some people love the Oscars, some people hate the Oscars, some people are a mix of both, some people hate watch them. So we will be discussing that on Friday's episode. But first, Erin, I want to know, what is one thing in pop culture or fandom that you are excited about right now? Okay, it was very hard to pick one thing because there's a lot of exciting stuff happening right now. (laughs) Most importantly, um, our sweet baby Yoda Grogu is back with Mandalorian. And that is pretty much the most exciting thing in my life in a while. So happy. Mandalorian season three is finally here. And I feel like they've just gone like all in on the cuteness of Grogu at this point. It's just, it's, he's 100% the cutest thing I've ever seen. Like, I don't, I know you don't watch it, Aaron, but it's no. just like, I don't know this first episode. <laughs> it's so great. He's got like his own little dome in the, in, in the ship and he like pulls up in the ship. Right. And then Grogu just pops his little head up and it's, it's fantastic. And he's like using his force to play and stuff. It's so cute. <laughs> like spitting himself in the chair. Oh my God. He's so cute, but it's also a very, it's a good show. 
watch yeah. it for the cuteness if you must, but it's actually a really good series in itself. And I think this episode, this first episode of season three was really good. Yeah, it was actually, this was mentioned last week too, because as listeners may know from if they listened to last week, Meg is all about Pedro Pascal right now. So <laughs> Two shows at once. So exciting. <laughs> and so I think everybody is about Pedro Pascal. Even if you aren't about Pedro Pascal, you become about, like I, right. like I said, because of Meg, but I think it's also just because of the way it is. My for you page on our fandom thing TikTok is a lot of Pedro Pascal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that it's that Christian Bale, especially it's always going to be Christian Bale, but especially the American Psycho headphones duet thing that we did one too, and I'm very proud that I figured out how to do that. <laughs> That's amazing. And then also lately, it's been a lot of Colin Farrell. I'm very appreciative of this. So thank you for you, Paige. You know, I don't know if I'll ever end up watching this show. I, I, I'm not saying this is an insult at all. It's just of all the things. But I will eventually watch The Last of Us because that's totally something up my alley. I just haven't watched it yet. I don't know why, but I haven't. It's really good, too. It's really, really good. Yeah. I'm not a video game person, so I have no idea in relation to that, but the show itself is excellent. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, so. and who knew, like, old man Pedro Pascal was just as hot as young Pedro Pascal, right? Well, you know, that's what's so unfair, I have to say sometimes about men, is a lot of men. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. As the older they get, the more attractive they get. You look at certain, like... Look at look at Chris Pine lately. I uh, Chris Pine, and this actually will lead into kind of what I'm into right now. <laughs> Chris Pine did this. There's this whole Esquire thing on um, TikTok, and they were sh sharing all these things of him, and that's what I'm into right now. Honestly, I decided <laughs> I'd go very light and, and kind of silly, but uh, <laughs> and he's got the, he finally like cut his hair and trimmed his beard a little bit, but he's got that gray hair, salt and pepper hair, and he looks so gorgeous. And he looks even more attractive than he did when he was younger. And I think the same can be said for our unofficial mascot, Christian Bale. <laughs> I think the same can be said, of course, for George Clooney. Um, for a lot of men, the older they get, they, they just keep getting more and more attractive. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. It's not fair. I'm not saying that that women all are like downhill. <laughs> I think it's the salt and pepper hair. I think like even women with like that really nice like all over gray, it just looks great. I think a lot of it is the hair. You're, I think you're right because that's what I'm into is the Chris Pine TikToks from Esquire, uh, especially when he was talking about <laughs> he's talking about his fashion. <laughs> And his fashion is very unique and he can laugh at himself and make fun of himself. And he was talking about how someone compared it to like, he's like a band member for the Bee Gees or something. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was when he had the longer blonde hair, when he was at the Venice film festival or something. And he's like, I was thought I was looking great. Wonderful. My publicist said, you look like you have the Jennifer Aniston haircut from Friends, the Rachel <laughs> Cut. <laughs> and he said he that's all he could see from then on. So I think he probably cut his hair shortly after that. And 
some of us were talking about that and <laughs> saying we should send a gift basket to the publicist and say thank you for having <laughs> guys here. You've done this world a great service. <laughs> yes, but I think Chris Pine is the second best Chris. Remember, I don't consider Christian a Chris. <laughs> First best Chris will always be Chris Messina. It just, well, he's the most <laughs> underrated Chris. People never talk about him, but they should. Um, but anyway, so that's what I'm into is just Chris Pine. Just just, just looking at Chris Pine and <laughs> listening to Chris Pine. <laughs> that's fair. Sometimes you need that. Yes. Sometimes you need that that shallow stuff. But I also think Chris Pine is a really good actor as well. I, I think he's kind of underrated. I think sometimes that happens to some men that are very attractive is their talent, their attractiveness can overshine their talent in a way. And that's all people pay attention to. And I think he's one of those because I think he's very, very, very good. Yeah. It's always a nice surprise when they're a good actor too. (laughs) Usually (laughs) years later, you find out that they're a good actor. I feel this way about Rob Pattinson, right? He's a great actor. Right, but at the beginning, no one took him seriously. He was, like, pretty and sparkly, and (laughs) I had no respect for him in Twilight. I will admit that I enjoy those movies more than an adult person should, but now he's in really good movies, and he's a really good actor, so. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor, and he does not like those Twilight movies, by the way. I mean, you like them, but you love them, right? But you don't like them. (laughs) I I don't like them at all. Vampires should not be sparkly. And I do not like brooding vampires. I hate brooding vampires because get over it. You're a vampire. Embrace the fact that you're a vampire and no brood. I, yes. I, I just, it drives me nuts because uh, I love vampires as people who listen to this regularly probably <laughs> know. Uh, and I prefer my vampires to be the ones that embrace it and love it. And, you know, it's sexier to me. It's uh, more enjoyable to watch than that. And plus, his character is so gross. Uh, he's so gross. Yeah. He's stalking this it's little so... teenager. And he's so old. <laughs> How did we never notice that, what, 20 years ago, 15 years ago when it came out? How did we not... Realize then this is really disturbing that this hundred year old man is stalking the sixteen year old girl. <laughs> That's cool. Like we're like, oh, it's so romantic. No, I'm yeah. not <laughs> watching her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody should ever do that. If I wake up and my husband's watching me sleep, I'm gonna punch him in the face. <laughs> speaking of that, I was uh, total tangents is what this episode should be called. <laughs> but speaking of that, I was watching the romantic. The romance, I don't know, it's not really a comedy, but uh, the movie Untamed Heart from the 90s with uh, Christian Slater and Marissa Tomei. Have you ever seen that movie? (laughs) Probably not. I don't think so. Well, it's all about, uh, you know, when I first saw it, and I still love it, it still holds a soft spot in my head, but uh, my heart, but it's very problematic because (laughs) it's all about this. These woman is a waitress, and then this guy that's the busser there, played by Christian Slater, and the waitress is Marissa Tomei. Uh, Christian Slater like grew up in like an orphanage and he has a bad heart and he never speaks. He's very shy. And one day Marissa Tomei's character who's walking home in the middle of the night from her after her shift gets attacked and she gets saved by Christian Slater's character. Well, you find out the reason he saved her was because he had been 
for a long time following her as she went home every night yeah. to make sure she was okay. But That's still, it's never like she's never like, you follow me? And then like he spoilers for this movie it's from the 30 year old movie <laughs> and then like she complains about never having a real christmas tree so he like puts a christmas tree in her bedroom while she's sleeping decorates it she wakes up all excited and later he admits he said i know you, you might get angry but that was that wasn't the first time i'd been in your bedroom He's yeah. like, I like. I sometimes like to get go to your bedroom and watch you sleep because it makes me oh feel god. more comfortable. Oh my god, no! Get out of my house, you psycho! And oh this is god. this is who you want her with. This is who you're supposed to be. So romantic. <laughs> he loves her, but he might also murder her. It's so romantic. Exactly. It's so. It's yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we went from Mandalorian. To <laughs> That was pretty amazing in the course of just like 12 minutes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> How can we move on from that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what one thing right now in um, fandom news or pop culture or something is making you so happy you can hardly stand it or making you filled with rage? <laughs> oh, man. I have one for each of those, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So one is making me feel great sadness and then rage. I saw that they're filming Andor season two, which is also an amazing Star Wars series. Um, but it's going to be the last season, which sucks because th in this article I was reading, uh, it goes talks about with Diego Luna and he's just it's exhausting and it's terrible for his mental health. And like, why are we still oh, doing yeah. this to people? Why is that OK? If you had given him a reasonable filming schedule maybe we could have had more seasons but i'm happy that there's a season two i am very sad that it's the end and i'm very sad that such like a wonderful human being has to feel that way about an excellent show i don't know it's just just craziness yeah i didn't read the article i saw that briefly and i hadn't gotten a chance to read the article so is it so why is he saying it's been so damaging for his mental health filming it was there specific reasons? just super long days oh. one after another for like weeks on end i think that with no no break in between it's it's like is that necessary really i just don't understand why they think that's okay to do to people no i agree i agree yeah i think you know, I think people don't take that into account is the toll on your mental health some uh, some projects can take on on artists and actors and everybody, the crew, everybody. The crew is there like for everything. He's in almost every scene, which I understand not most of the actors aren't, but the crew is there for every minute of every every scene. So how how awful's got to be for them too. Mhm. Mm but but this is something that would make for a good topic to talk about is the toll long hours like that can take on people's mental health, physical health, their relationships, everything like that. 
And then also if you're doing anything that requires, on top of that, requires you to go to a place that might be difficult to inhabit or a character that's difficult to inhabit. And so if you're having to do that for that long too, that's got to take a toll on you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing an uh, interview with Michael Chiklis about his uh, character in American Horror Story. Now he could just never do that again because it was just so, so draining on you emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people talk about that lately about actually about Evan Peters because mm-hmm. Evan Peters plays so many serial killers. And yeah, so he keeps people. going back for more. I don't, Michael Chiklis was like, sorry, I'm done. <laughs> It's the smarter one here, I guess. <laughs> well, it's whatever Ryan Murphy does to these people. I don't right. know. <laughs> like hypnotizing Ryan Peters. Or Ryan Peters. Peters. Ryan Peters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. We, we'll just have to do an episode on that at some point or talk about it on one of these episodes as the main topic because it, it is concerning and troubling that that's not something that's taken into consideration. And that, and that was also part of when I ate, I ate, see, I ate, uh, I can't pronounce it right now, but when they kept talking about going on strike, that was a big part of it was those long days and not getting breaks and having like literal physical things happen to them. Women talking about getting UTIs because they couldn't take a break to go to the bathroom, that kind of stuff. So it is, you know, talking about the human toll that certain shoots can take on you and the price that people might pay for bringing us the entertainment we love. So, Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing that I'm upset about, <laughs> and this relates to the Oscars, is um, the Oscars are bringing in a crisis team for the upcoming ceremony. And this is all because of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Now, I am not at all condoning violence. However, I always have thought the reaction to this, the reaction to Will Smith and that slap and the outrage to me, the level of it, honestly, there's a lot of racism, in my opinion, behind that because Will Smith was always thought of, uh, honestly, as a safe, the safe black man, um, the one that's okay for white audiences to love. And then when he has this very human reaction to something, once again, I'm not condoning violence, but still a very human reaction to somebody mocking his wife mm-hmm. on stage, then people are like, oh, he, he stepped out of line. We can't have that happen. But meanwhile, this is what upsets me. So you have this crisis team. Meanwhile, you have had people that have literally been accused of sexual assault, like Casey Affleck, uh, Jared Leto, tons of other people and they're allowed to go to these ceremonies and you don't have like a crisis team there in case something happens to someone there or in case someone's uncomfortable. And yes, I understand Casey Affleck didn't return to the Academy Awards because a lot of people were uncomfortable having him there and they spoke out. But still, there's been tons of times when you've had known predators there or known accused predators there and you didn't have a crisis team for that. Yet, a black man slapping someone is what, I don't know, institutes more, a stronger reaction than giving an award to say when you honor Roman Polanski and have the whole audience stand up when Roman Polanski assaulted a 13-year-old girl. So it's like, 
to me, it's the level there, the level of when you are going to do the outrage and what it is that constitutes you instituting a crisis team, which frankly, there, there should be something like that. If something awful happens, I'm not saying there shouldn't be like a team there that if something happens when people are unsafe or anything like that, that you should have a team to react to it is what it is. It's not even, I don't even, although I don't even think this is necessarily the way it's described is more as a way of responding to these things, <laughs> like responding in the moment instead of necessarily like, it doesn't sound like it's just to make people feel safe. It's more to protect their quote unquote brand. And the other reason they instituted this too is because there, there was a nomination this year in, in Best Actress for Andrea Riseborough, who was nominated for ha her outstanding, outstanding performance in a little indie film called To Leslie. And there was campaigning for her on social media and everything. And she got a nomination, which was a total shock, total surprise. And people, the Academy instantly started investigating how this happened. And a lot of that was because they did the instead of just kissing up to the academy, spending money. That's what a lot of these campaigns are because this was an indie film, and the way it was done was a lot of big actors were out there campaigning for her on social media, doing all this stuff. So then they were even talking about there was a brief talk that they might have taken they might take the nomination away, which they didn't because they thought it might have violated rules. But this is another reason they're instituting this. So to me, it's like. Okay, so you're trying to institute a crisis team for Will Smith and then for this nomination. It just seems kind of, I don't know, like the weirdest time to institute it to me instead of like nom when you nominate accused predators or when you give awards to known predators. It's just, I don't know. That's just my yeah, opinion. I've, I hadn't heard this yet. So like, yeah, what kind of crisis are they trying to mitigate here? A crisis against them not against attendees it kind of seems like okay so a quote-unquote crisis team will be introduced at the oscars to handle any any unanticipated events academy chief executive bill kramer said the new team had run many scenarios in the hope that they will be prepared for anything that might take place on march 12th so this is from Janet Yang, who is the Academy president, said um, that particularly in times of crisis, we must, we, must, we must act swiftly and compassionately and decisively for ourselves and for our industry. So to gather very quickly and to issue a response to any real-time incidents. So that's what the crisis team would be able to gather very quickly. A PR team. Basically. <laughs> what <yeah>. you're telling me. <laughs> Exactly. Which I feel like they probably already had, right? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. And the unit, like like I said, was deployed following the surprise Best Actress nomination. So definitely PR. I mean, it's definitely, like you said, it's a PR team. And because labeling it a crisis yeah. team makes that it- That some sort of security or safety or something. This is a, this is a PR team to like cover themselves. Mm -hmm. they, yes. they don't care about anybody there <laughs> yes exactly exactly so nice uh, the 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 academy i mean i love the oscars i've been watching the oscars since i was a kid but it is all about status and who you know and glamour and it's not always about the craft or the art or 
always about who necessarily gave the best performance. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, definitely a PR team would have been the better name for it, but they're not <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> no. Because crisis team makes them sound more um, like they care. So dramatic. <laughs> so dramatic, yeah. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Uh, so we're going to go into our main topic then, since I brought that up. Our main topic is about the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And the Oscars keep having a dwindling number of people viewing them. A lot of people have blamed a lot of different things. The length, the hosts, the films that are nominated, a, a myriad of things. Um, last year, they decided that, and they they have... They're not going to do this again this year because they realized what a bad, horrible decision it was and people were outraged. They decided not to air live all of the awards. So so it was so weird because then they'd edit in little clips that were shot beforehand of the people winning. So for certain lower level or b- <laughs> below the – I can't remember how it's put. But like a lot of like the technical awards and stuff, they didn't broadcast. But this year, they're going to broadcast all of them. The things that make movies, movies. <laughs> exactly, yes. Because movies, you know, just stay, watch credits. If you've never watched the full credits for a movie ever, just do it once. And that'll let you know how many people it takes to make a movie. A movie is, it's basically like a whole community coming together and making something. And so to deny the, you know, the, you know, d- deny the honor of someone who's nominated and wins the, to be there at the ceremony and to have a speech and don't cut them off. I mean, anyway, so Aaron, what do you think they should change or do in your opinion to make <laughs> it um, more enjoyable? Man, it's so hard to try and figure out what the cause of this is to start with. I think a lot of it is that it's like such like an elitist system that some people just don't feel like they need to watch that now because a lot of these movies, yeah, we're not like blockbuster hits. A lot of movies, nobody's even heard of these movies. I think people just consume movies differently than they did before whenever the Oscars were really, really big. But I I feel like, yeah, I they should absolutely give all of the categories the same amount of time. Let the speeches be the same length. Don't shoo them off of stage. It It's so important. And even I remember watching the Oscars when I was a kid with my parents and I always liked the technical awards and thought they were very interesting, but I was a weird theater kid. So that was my people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like that will help. I was thinking about this and so many of these movies are kind of like indie or didn't get a wide release or stuff like that, that like the general public watching, you know, Hulu and Netflix and stuff like that. Haven't heard of a lot of these movies yet. It might be nice to just give every, every nomination of a movie, like a little like 
30 second clip for them to put together of their movie. I think that would encourage people to at least go watch them after the Oscars. Like that looks interesting. Mm -hmm. It would, you know, it could be a, a big long, you know, make a list of what you want to watch kind of thing. I think that might get people to watch. I don't know. Or fast forward through the, the clips. I don't know. It's also like, I find it difficult to watch the Oscars because I don't have cable anymore. So I know it's like on Hulu the next day or a couple days later or something, but I feel like there's some sort of live broadcast because they do occasionally do live broadcasts on streaming services. That might be cool because like, if you don't watch it live the next day, it's all over the news. Like it's all over your newsfeed of who already won and stuff. So what incentive do you have to watch the whole entire thing when you can just get the cliff notes version of it? And I think like making it more open to the public would probably help as well. You know, mm -hmm. it's just a, a bunch of like the super special Hollywood people going there and, and there's no like real normal people involved at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I do, th I really wish that there was some like live live streaming where I could watch it in real time because that's when the fun is whenever everyone's tweeting, you're tweeting. I I'm like, I have no idea what's going on gonna sit here and watch the mandalorian again which they're on abc and abc yeah. owns disney plus so like we couldn't make this happen that's that's a good point no i i agree with that part because i will be watching it live i'm you know I, I don't have cable either so it's usually the antenna although there's a part of me that's like well i'll just get live tv just to have it just to be able to watch it live because it's it honestly for me it's like my super bowl it's the thing that I have to watch. I feel like I'm missing something if I don't watch it. It's this. Yeah. It's just part of my DNA. It's There's just, certain things not watching it live is just not as exciting. Yeah, and watching it the next day, it's just you know everything. Yeah, being able to see stuff in real time, like seeing you know when Moonlight won and all of those things in real time. There's a different impact to it, um, and being a part of it. Plus, it just means a lot to me personally. And yes, there is a lot of snobby elitism involved in it for sure. And I agree with the clips thing. I think that's the that's the thing that I always miss the most. When they cut that out, when they cut clips, mm -hmm. I'm like, why aren't you showing clips? Like I was watching the Independent Spirit Awards yesterday and 90% of the stuff they didn't show clips for. And I'm like, these are indie films that a lot of people haven't heard about some of them. They did have like everything everywhere all at once swept, but <laughs> but they but they didn't show clips for like hardly anything. And I'm like, why not show these clips? So I that's the number one thing is they need to first of all have every category presented, which I'm glad they're back to doing that. And they need to show clips. Show, show clips. It's like for some of these, this is like the biggest and the only platform where they're gonna get in front of certain groups of people you know mm -hmm. it's not like every streaming service you've got the algorithm netflix is only going to show me sci-fi movies so i'm never going to see a lot of these things even whenever they get onto streaming services yeah so showing the clips i think is a really really good good way to do it um and a good thing to do anyway you know i love small independent movies this this year you know they have uh everything um, everything everywhere all at once did actually make a lot of money um even though it is an independent movie but it did make a lot of money top gun maverick made so much money so having that nominated for best pick is actually a good way to draw in a crowd too we'll see if that even works 
Avatar 2, which I will not see that. I'm sorry. I just won't. Uh, I hated the first one so much. (laughs) Uh, But that made a lot of money. So you've got movies like that that did make a lot of money. So that will probably help some. It might help some. Um, some of the nominations in there, you you might draw in a crowd a little bit, but definitely the clips. I don't. I actually don't think the Oscars necessarily even need a host because most of the hosts they've had recently, and Jimmy Kimmel is hosting this year, which I'm not really excited about. But most of the hosts they have are not necessarily that great or needed lately. I do think John Stewart was a great host. Actually, I think he's one of the best we've had in the most recent years. But you don't necessarily even need a host for the Oscars. I think when you have a host, sometimes that detracts and it's hard to do something that's genuinely unique or great or wonderful. So I don't know. I'm very mixed on on that. But I but I think when they didn't have a host a couple of years ago, it was fine. They don't need <laughs> to have one. And sometimes it just ends up being people are doing, and it depends on the host because you're inevitably going to have some of the viewing audience love it, some of the viewing audience hate it, whatever. Yeah, it's uh, really hit or miss with the hosts. I feel like very much. There's yeah. been some not not good ones. Yeah, I mean Billy Crystal did it for you know so many years, and he's kind of like the gold standard in a lot of respects for a host, but I think there have been good hosts since him as well. But yeah, more clips and do not cut people off. I mean, yes, if people are talking for 20 minutes, then yes, maybe you'll have to. (laughs) But this is their moment. This is their moment. Let them have their moment. And I don't know anyone who is like, oh my gosh, can we please just cut these speeches? This is the part that people complain about the most is people getting cut off. That's what you want to see is like the people living their moment, being happy, excited, crying, whatever. That's the thing that people want to see. That's the drama. Yes, it is because sometimes it's the drama of, are they going to forget to thank their spouse? (laughs) (laughs) Who are they going to forget to thank? Are they going to accidentally drop up? curse word are they gonna i mean it's that kind of stuff you're only gonna see live you won't see in the rebroadcast (laughs) well well they do have the delay so you never actually hear it they you're like i wonder what they said so then you back in the day we yeah (laughs) we got to see it live but and i agree with the streaming thing because what's interesting is um both the screen actors guild awards and independent spirit awards this year they streamed on um basically YouTube. So for Screen Actors Guild, it was through the Netflix YouTube channel. And then for Independent Spirit Awards, it was just on YouTube. And then it was also on IMDb TV, which they made a lot of jokes about that yesterday. And I understand because they're like, you know, even IFC, the Independent Film Channel, doesn't no longer is carrying us. The Independent Film Channel is no longer carrying the Independent Spirit Awards, which is really kind of ridiculous. But what I think that does with having it available on streaming where people can stream, you don't have to have cable or live TV, is it gives you a wider audience. Mm -hmm. It's just a better thing. And you can also, I think when you're doing that, you might even be able to not make it such a G-rated thing. I mean, yes, it's a family event, so you might not want it to be all cursing and all that stuff, but you can at least loosen it up a little bit and it goes quicker like because – 
I, they probably would never be able to do this because you don't have as many sponsors. So they're not going to oh, do that. But there's part. so they would have many commercials. commercials though. It's yes. like what, 16 minutes of commercials for every hour. Would they have to do that? Could we cut that in half or something? <laughs> yeah, because with the Screen Actors Guild Awards last Sunday, what they did is they would take breaks, but they would replay moments from past SAG Awards. And with the Independent Spirit Awards, they took a couple of breaks, but it was mainly like promoting independent film or talking about what independent cinema is or what certain things are so that you also, so it's something entertaining that the audience would want to stay and watch. Yeah. So I think, you know, if they could find a way to do that, I mean, they'll never get rid of people with commercials because they need that. And I understand that we have commercials on this show. I understand that. I, I get it. But it's the it's just making it more of the availability of it because you've got to realize the audience that's watching the Oscars today is not the same audience that used to watch it because people don't people watch streaming now and people people's attention spans are nothing. They don't have attention spans. <laughs> true. So, I've started three yeah. movies in the last week and haven't finished them yet. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Do you think, though, like, I'm wondering about the other award shows that are streaming. Do you think that's taking away from people watching the Oscars because they're doing that and, like, They've already seen Michelle Yeoh get 75 awards. So did they need to see her on the Oscars get more awards? Is that, I wonder, uh, because they're not streaming, I wonder if that's putting them at a disadvantage. I don't know, because this is the first year they've really done that. So I think it'll be something we'll just have to see. But that's always been a thing with the Oscars, is that by the time the Oscars air, you pretty much know there can always be surprises, but you pretty much know in almost every category who's going to win. And that's because they've been winning almost everything. You'll have certain categories like this year. There are a couple of the big categories that still could have a surprise, mainly supporting actress and best actor. So those are the two categories where there could be a shocker. But the other ones are pretty much by this time, and this is the case usually, usually it's like every one is pretty much sealed and everybody knows who's going to win. And so when you have that, that's the other thing is when you're just playing it the same. And yes, I, there's, I don't know how you can change that except for people like I don't know, branching out. But when you already know who's going to win, it already takes away some of the excitement, but that's been an issue forever for a long time because it, it, that happens because the director's guild will, announce their director winner and the producers guild that usually will sum up who the best picture is going to be, but not always. It doesn't always align, but the screen actors guild is usually a big um, indicator because the screen actors guild, that's the biggest guild and has, and the, I believe the Academy, the most members from that are from another guild are the, that crossover are the screen actors guild into the Academy, the members of the Academy. So that usually will indicate who's going to win as far as in the acting categories. Not necessarily picture because they do things a little bit different at the Screen Actors Guild as far as like the cast that wins. That's for the acting. It's not necessarily for the whole thing. But anyway, so that, that'll that be interesting to see. I don't know. I don't know how many people have 
streamed either one of those because the way it was talked about was not like it was a good thing uh, when they were doing it. They were like, oh, this means they don't respect our awards show anymore. So It's also hard to get numbers off of streaming, too. Yes, that's true. That's really hard to until it, everyone decides how to do yeah. that. It might be difficult, but that I don't too. think streaming is bad. I think I, I think it's the future. They've got to do it, right? No, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree, definitely. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and close this out, and we'll be talking more about the Oscars on <laughs> our next yeah. episode, which I'm excited. I always like talking about the Oscars. So, Erin A., where can our listeners find you? I am on Instagram and not very much on Twitter, but I'm at Geek and Sew. So. That's what I do. I geek and I sew things. Awesome. Thank you. And this is Erin. And like I've been saying for the past few weeks, don't bother following me on Twitter. I mean, you can if you want to, but all I do is retweet stuff on my personal account. I don't like Twitter anymore. It's very sad to me, but it's become a depressing hellhole. Um, <laughs> and the amount of spam I get, the amount oh of God. spam DMs we get on both my personal account and the and the podcast account has quadrupled since that horrible man took over. So it's like, <laughs> it's just not very much fun. But like I've said, follow Fergie on TikTok and please help me achieve my goal of making Fergie go viral. So you can follow Fergie at Schroeder and Fergs. Once again, Schroeder is my dog that passed away in 2020. And the profile pic you'll see there is Schroeder, his big blockhead, brown <laughs> and white blockhead. I will never, ever change that profile pic unless cute. it's another pic of Schroeder. So, so cute. Thank you. Uh, but that's at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. Yes, I know it's long, but it's worth it. So go follow Fergie there. Make her dreams come true. Make her dreams of starring in Cocaine Fergie come true. <laughs> Not real cocaine. What's that? But once again, um, we have already determined that Penn Badgley is going to be playing her owner in the movie she's making. That's part of the Dream Makers thing where we make dreams come true for already famous people. <laughs> it's every actor's dream to star in something with fergie i'm pretty sure oh yes i mean come on if you've seen fergie you know, you know. <laughs> if you haven't seen fergie go follow her on tiktok <laughs> be sure to like the show on facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on twitter at fandom thing pod no it's in that one on instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod, you can go and see <laughs> our cap cut we did to the American Psycho scene where Patrick Bateman's walking with his headphones and, you know, in the movie he's listening to Walking on Sunshine and people are putting other things below it that he's listening to. We did one where he's listening to himself do his audition for John Bon Jovi and we got a comment that said, what the hell is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Which is the perfect way to describe that. So if you know, you know. <laughs> so go follow us there. I've been trying to do more stuff there that isn't necessarily, that is more playing into TikTok. So I'm hoping to do some more there. So go, go follow us there. Um, if you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to head on over to our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. 
click the contact us button there and that'll shoot us an email and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. And like I said, once again, on our next episode, Aaron A. is going to be back with me to talk about this year's Oscars. And we're going to be talking about our thoughts on the nominees, our dream winners, who we think is going to win, and maybe some other fun stuff. Who knows? It should be a blast. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.